You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702. The BRICS Report, Brazil. And of course, it's with uh, Lyle White. Lyle, good morning to you. Morning, Stephen. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. The Donald Trump of Brazil. Who's this? Climbing in popularity. That's always a bit scary. <laughs> it's a little bit scary. Our populism is uh, is sweeping across the globe right now, you know. Uh, and and in Brazil, it's in the form of Jair Bolsonaro. Now, he's the Donald Trump of Brazil, or so he's been uh, labeled. He claims not to be a populist, though, Stephen. He's, uh, but he is a firebrand character. He's a former army captain who's soaring in the polls just 12 months ahead of Brazil's presidential election. Um, he likes, he's, um, he's, he's a very interesting character. Um, uh, he, he likes to deny that the, the Brazilian military regime was a dictatorship. He's been calling China heartless, which is a, a little bit of a, a, a crazy statement to be made uh, by by a country like Brazil, and he has suggested even restricting Chinese access to key industries in Brazil. And on top of that, he's claiming that he'll run his entire presidential campaign in 2018 on a budget of just $300,000, which is very, very much lower than uh, the norm. Uh, like Trump, he'll lean on his strong social media following to get out his message to the millions of Brazilians that are just simply fed up with the, the spiraling violence and pervasive corruption uh, in that country, alongside the unwanted immigration of course. Now, he claims to be a threat to the oligarchs, um, a threat to the stubbornly corrupt, and he wants to reinstate the family values that uh, he holds so highly in Brazil. On top of that, he also says that he'll privatize some of the state-owned companies like Petrobras, uh, slash public sector spending. All this sounds all too familiar, right? Um, It's a very, very interesting scenario, but what is standing in his way is that no major political party supports him. And without that support, not only will that complicate his campaign, but it will make governing the country near impossible. That's what we need in Brazil, um, unfortunately, is the support of the traditional powers. There's always this sort of reference about how closely Brazil and South Africa are politically. They're the democratic members of BRICS, of course. But in some areas, Brazil is outperforming South Africa. Yeah, and that's quite surprising, given Brazil's economic performance over the last uh, couple of years, and obviously um, uh, this massive corruption scandal, which has even eclipsed that, what is taking place in South Africa at the moment. But uh, falling economic growth, rising debt, growing unemployment, these are common traits among both countries. Um, and, uh, but what old mutual, our very own old mutual investment group shows is that investors that bet on the Sao Paulo benchmark, the Bovespa, which is their stock exchange, uh, on, from January 2016 to date are faring far better than those that were punting on the Johannesburg's all share index over the same period. And that, as I said, is despite, uh, the spiraling growth in Brazil, which has seen an economic contraction over that time of about 8%, while South Africa's economy has grown by about 1.5%. And many investors attribute this to simply the fact that Brazil looks to be getting their things right. And I know that might sound a little bit contradictory, but what they're saying in Brazil is at least they are dealing with their problems. They are uh, convicting uh, some of those that have been uh, implicated in corruption. There are charges that have been raised, and there are those that are in jail. And this, uh, this, this the, seemingly approach, the seeming approach to addressing their issues is building investor confidence. Fascinating. So many resonances, as I say. Dr. Lawai, thanks so much once again. Thank you. Thank you very much, Stephen.